we were supposed to kick off a new series today called Jesus Said What? Y'all ever read the Bible and went, did that really, like, that's kind of weird, right, right, all, that kind of thing? And yesterday, looking at what is going on across our nation, I, I, I felt I needed to change and speak back to the spirit of what's going on in our culture today. I want to remind Christ followers that Jesus has an opinion about our lives and how we engage this culture during these times. And I think it's important that we elevate God's word above everything and everyone else, including Facebook. Amen. And Instagram and Twitter, all that. We, we, we need to elevate God's word in these days. And I want to I I speak to that today. I want to just kick off a, a, a series that the team, I just kind of floored them. They didn't know about it until this morning. But I just wanna, I'm just going to call this series, Hold It Together. Hold it. Just, would, you, would you turn to someone and just tell them, hold it together, baby. Just, just pump your brakes and hold it together. So I, when I grew up, I had a sister five years younger than me. At the time, she was a brat. I'm not sure how five years younger. She's wiser and does better than I do now. I'm not sure how that worked, but somewhere in the process, she passed me. But Tammy was my sister, and well, still is my sister. Tammy's my sister, and, and back in the day, yeah, this, this is back in the day. when Remember when uh, you, like, you had the big cars? See, you don't understand cars today. Uh, let me just kind of go. I am diverting. This has nothing to do with my message. But, you know, cars back in the day, you could hit them with a baseball bat and never dent them. They were made of this thing called metal. Now you got this fiberglass and paper mache, you know, a, a bug runs into it, big dent in the side. What in the world? It's, it's, and so, we, we, so when I was a kid, you'll know, we used to, our favorite thing was to, in the back seat, climb up in the window of the back seat, and you laid down back in there, right? And you had the sunshine on you, and you had the, have y'all, have y'all broke the law with me? Okay, good, yeah. And so... That was like the play. Well, my sister and I, we would, we would, we'd be in the back and we'd be doing what kids do. We fighting, and mom would be driving down the road. She had her Pentecostal hairdo standing up like this, and she's driving. And you know, it's so funny. I got to tell you. Uh, so back in the day, back in the day, Bobby Brown, too legit, too legit. No, was that Bobby Brown or was that, that MC Hammer? Oh, it was my. Yeah, it was, it was my, my. That was it was my prerogative. My prerogative. It's my prerogative. You can do what you want to do. I, I'm going to word the my prerogative people. You know what I'm talking about? It's old school. You'll have to Google it later. It, it's like, it was like one of the bouncing tunes. And my mom, for some reason, she loved the tune. And she it's my prerogative. And she would be going down the road with her head just swaying. That's my mama. That was back in the day. Back. My sister and I would be in the back seat and doing what kids did. We fought. You're on my side. Scoot over your mom. Mom, mom, she touched me. Right? All that good stuff. That's right. She's breathing my air. All that kind of stuff back and forth. And, and then eventually it would get, it, it would escalate. It would escalate. My sister had a devil in her. And it would escalate. And this is my story. I'll tell it the way I want to. And my mom made us do the worst thing in the world. You all right now. She would pull the car over. I want you to kiss and make up. We, she would pull the car over because it's my prerogative. And she would, she'd pull it, and, and we had to, st- and I had to lean over, and I had to kiss my sister, and she had to kiss me. And have you ever had to kiss somebody you didn't want to kiss? 
Like you don't even make the noise, right? There's not even noise to it. <laughs> Kiss and make up. She, she was forcing us together despite the emotional stuff and what was going on. And she was on my side. It's unfair. All that. And she pushed us together because at the end of the day, it wasn't about whose side was what. We were family. And family has to fix this thing. Family has to fix this thing. Psalm 133 speaks to the family stuff that we have to address and speak to and be, be reminded, especially in these times. I, I, you know, when, when times are good, we, we just love everybody. God bless you. Amen. And then times hit like this. And it's amazing what raises, I'm just going to talk about what come up inside of your heart and my heart. Because we're living in a culture that's putting people on this side or that side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're a Democrat, you kill babies. If you're a Republican, you're a racist. Oh, it is tight in this church today. Hey, Amen. I'm so glad you came to church. God bless you. Have a great day. Amen. If we're not careful, we will paint people into corners and condemn them to hell and start judging. And all of a sudden, we have become God and judge and jury and decided who's what. And now we're just going to have churches with only Democrats and only Republicans and only independents. And guess who's not going to come? People who need Jesus. We have got to be the church, the body of Christ, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to speak to that. Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read the whole chapter, all three verses. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's how the word starts. Behold. Stop. Stop right there. Stop. That word matters. You don't find behold in front of every verse. This word comes out. It's strong to say, wait a minute, time out. Yo, hey, 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 hey. Look at this right here. This is not casual. I'm going to tell you something that will rock your world if you'll listen to what I'm going to tell you. That's what David's saying. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in what? Unity. Unity. It's like the precious oil. Now he's trying to describe what unity is. It's like the precious oil upon the head, running down upon the beard, upon the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon. That's not a dude. That, that's a mountain. Uh, like the dew on Mount Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion or Zion. For there, for where? There. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. I've got to kind of give you, uh, David went here and gave us imagery, and I need to show you some things to help you understand full picture what this is. Mount Hermon is actually a mountain range in Israel. It's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. When you go with us next time, uh, we will show you this mountain, 9,000 feet high, close to 10,000 feet high, 28 miles long, 10 miles wide. It is a massive, massive ridge, a massive mountain, and it's covered with snow eight months out of the year. Uh, it, 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 it's high, the peaks are just beautiful, and there's snow skiing up there to this day. Pre- pretty amazing. But eight months out of the year, it has a snow peak on it. We have been there in T-shirts and sweating, and you can look at Mount Hermon, and there's snow on top of the mountain. It, it, it just messes with your head how, how that runs. Every night, they tell us that about a half an inch of dew falls on the mountain every night. 
And so you've got water, you've got snow, you've got all of this happening on this mountain. And as the dew moves down the mountain each night and then some of the snow caps begin to melt as well, soaking into the mountain and then hitting river streams of this 28-mile-long, 10-mile-wide, nine to 10,000-feet-high mountain range, that creates a massive overflow of water, as you can imagine. And that water it is the main source. It feeds into the Jordan River, and the Jordan River goes from the mountain to the Jordan River, and that river flows into the Sea of Galilee. That's what you're seeing here. That's the Jordan River coming into the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is absolutely massive. It's, it, it's, it, it's huge. It's, it's, it's 64 square miles. Uh, you, they call it a sea, but it feels like an ocean. It is, it's absolutely massive. When storms hit on that sea, they've measured 14 foot waves on that sea. That's not just a nice lake. This is a, this is a massive body of water. So here's, here's what David is saying. David is saying unity. Unity is precious. And it's like when the dew falls on Mount Hermon and that dew, as it gathers, it begins to flow down the mountain range and it gathers in the Jordan River. And the Jordan River, it pumps water into the Sea of Galilee. It carries 176 million gallons of water a day into the Sea of Galilee from the Jordan River. This is a massive groundswell. David is saying, I want you to understand the power of unity. It's like the dew that it settles, but then it begins to gather. As it starts to flow together, it creates a force. It creates a volume that when it begins to move and it meets in one place, it starts rushing at a volume and a level that begins to feed into the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is the source of life in Israel. It's the freshwater source. It's a fishing source. They, they use it for all kinds of things, the farming in the areas. It literally gives life to all of Israel, the Sea of Galilee, but it comes mainly, it's fed from the dew that falls on the mountains, flows into the river, feeds the lake. David said that's what unity is like. Unity looks so little, it's just dew, but when it starts to get together, it turns into a flow when it's collective. And it begins to burst into this water source that's going to feed and bring life to all of Israel. David said this is exactly what unity is like. It's that flow of oil on the priest. It starts at the head and it moves down and the flow gets greater as it gathers. That's exactly what happens with the dew of Mount Hermon. It flows and it gets stronger and it attracts God's attention. Listen to me here. Our nation, our church today needs to hear this today. Unity attracts God's attention. And God said, where I find that level of unity, I'm commanding a blessing. It's not optional. It, it's not, well, it may or may not. No, 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 no. You don't understand. A commanded blessing. Turn to someone, look them right in the eye, and say it with your best preacher voice. A commanded blessing. You can, it, just, it, it, it says it's going to command it. Now, you know, unity is tough to get a hold of. Unity is tough to achieve, right? People get on your nerves. Yes, it's hard to kiss somebody that you don't want to kiss. Yes, I've experienced that. Have you ever experienced disunity? Oh, we know what that is, right? You ever had to work with someone that you just, well, you know. Yes. You ever had someone in your family that during that family reunion, you sat on your side of the picnic table and you left them on their side, right? Just, just stay right down there, right? you got to have unity on a ball team. 
you got to wear the same jersey. you got to play from the play, same playbook. And you might not like the running back, but you got to block for him. I'm sorry. If we're going to win, we win together, we lose together. That's how we roll. Uh, unity, you got to have unity in a company. That's why we have visions and values, and we dialogue and discuss this so we're going in the right direction. We have to have unity in relationships. The last thing you want is disunity in your home. And every married couple said, and every dating couple, if you've got disunity now, please do not start working right now in a dating relationship because it's only going to get harder in America. I'm just saying, you've got to make sure it works. It works. In, in, in relationships, we have to flex patience. We move together. The Bible speaks so strong about unity. And I want to show you the power of unity. I want to show you what God's Word says comes with unity. When we do it God's way, when we choose to do it the way He says, not the way I feel, the way He says. When I overcome me to do it His way, here's what He says is going to happen. Number one, prayers will be answered when you come together in unity. I will answer prayer. Does anybody like the idea of the prayer that you prayed, God answering that prayer? I, I do, I do. If you don't, then you ain't praying enough. Because I'm telling you, well, I take it all to him. Like I need you right now up in here, up in here. I need you to do this. right. The Bible says in Matthew 18, I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it. Any two of you will agree. Isn't it interesting that God said, I will answer prayers based on two of y'all getting together? Do you know why he did that? Because that means no one gets their way. In order for two to come together in unity, that means everybody's got some compromise going on. How do you know everybody is not a Chick-fil-A fan? No, there are, there, believe it or not, it does exist. There are some that like Chick-fil-A, there are some that prefer Popeye's. There are some that prefer churches. There's some that prefer KFC. Believe it or not, there's KFC fans out there. We, we got chicken everywhere. Everyone doesn't like the same style of chicken you like. That's why there's multiple restaurants. But we get together. Agreement and unity. Watch this. The Bible doesn't say that we have to be uniform. It's not uniformity. It's just unity. In other words, you don't have to say everything I say and believe everything I believe, but you bring your perspective, I bring my perspective, we get on the same page, and we walk in harmony together. Harmony, not unison. Harmony is where you sing your part, you sing your part, but we'll sing the same words so that we're going in the same direction, same goal. But uniformity is where I try to make you say what I say, believe what I say, do what I do. And ladies and gentlemen, that is not going to work, but our nation will try to push us into a place where we have to do and say and believe all the exact same things, and that's not God. God's word it's not even biblical it's your other perspective that makes me better that means I need to shut up and I need to hear your perspective that means I need to ask more questions than I am telling you my opinion so that we can find a place of common ground come together and walk forward honoring God with our lives it was, it's just agreement and unity is critical I mean you, even even a, a Washington football team and a cowboy fan can walk in unity no, it's fully possible. It is. We, are, we have an experiment going on in this church. And it's, even though we beat them 25 to 3 a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if, if, if anybody saw that game or not. Anybody see that? Oh, I'm sorry. We got a highlight clip. No, we don't. No, we don't. It's, it was just. Number two. When we walk in unity, there is reward, protection, and strength. Promise from heaven for walking in unity. 
Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, verse 12. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. You need people in your life who don't believe everything you believe. We need folks because someone sees different. They, they're going to they're help us with our blind spots. We're going to have to find a way, ladies and gentlemen. We, who decided that we had to be the ones that were, I'm always right. I think we need to pursue that. And we need to let God's word shape and mold the convictions of our heart and our life. But realize that there's others and that's why we need each other in this. We move together. You need other people and other people need you in their lives. It's critical that we understand. God said this. He said, there'll be reward. Two are better than one. There's good reward for their labor. More happens between two. We're going to have to have somebody else. He says, there's protection. Someone else can help me up. It's amazing. People of different views can actually help each other out when they're coming together in unity. And he says this, the threefold cord is not easily broken. We stand tighter through tough times when we're doing it side by side. We need each other, ladies and gentlemen. I'm taking you, I'm taking you somewhere. We're on a journey, so you'll see it in a minute. The third thing that the Bible says that God's word will do is we can accomplish anything if we're walking in unity. Genesis chapter 11, verses 6 and 7 is the story of the Tower of Babel. Some of y'all thought Babel was an app. It is, but it started in Genesis. Here's, here's what it says. The Lord said, they are one people with one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do. Now nothing they do, nothing they plan to do will be too difficult for them. Let us go down there and mix up their language so that they won't understand each other. Their hearts and their heads were wrong, evil, and twisted, and they thought we will outdo God. We'll build a tower that will reach to the heavens. We will dominate God. We'll be God ourselves. And God was so impressed, not with their evil minded, but they were so in unity. You see, evil can be unified. But unity is still impressive to heaven. And God says, I'm going to come down and I don't want to see this unity because I can't find, I can't get church people to do this. But let me see what that looks like. And he was so impressed with their unity. And then God makes a statement. Their unity is so powerful. Nothing, they, they, they can do anything they set their mind to because they're walking in unity. Wonder what it would be like if the church came together in full-blown unity. Like Presbyterian and Lutheran and Methodist and Catholic, even Pentecostals. Even if, if we just, if like if the whole, if we just came together like Jesus was that bond that pulled. Not, well, what do you believe? Oh, my God, you can't wear that. Well, you can't, you can't cut your hair. We got all this craziness going on, what you can't do and where we differ. What if Jesus was the unifying factor? One voice, one heart, one mission, one reach, one push, and we stood together. We would rock not just America. We would rock this world if the church would stand side by side, and we didn't care who got the credit. It would be a game changer. God said, this is so amazing. He said, the only way for me to mess up this thing that they're trying to do, which is evil, is i got to play, i got to mess up their language because the way they communicate is so strong, I've got to break down the communication so then they'll lose their unity and then they won't be able to accomplish what they've set their heart and mind to because it's twisted, it's crazy. It tells me something. Language and how we talk to each other is critical to our coming together. 
God knows this. You see, God messed up their language. He busted their language up in Genesis. But in Acts chapter 2, he reunified the church's language. And he said, I'm going to put a spirit inside of you that will not come from you. It'll be from another world. And if you will move in and let my spirit speak and pray through you, it'll be the unifying voice and the factor. I busted it in Genesis, but I gave it back to the church in Acts chapter 2 so my church can do the supernatural and accomplish things that cannot be explained. And only I'm going to get the credit for it. I like when he does those things. That is the power of our speaking the same language and being on the same page. It's critical. This is why, this is why, this is why God reunited that language. You see, as Christ followers, we respond differently than culture. We have to. Let me, let me talk to you from my heart here. We have to respond different than culture. We have to have attitudes like Christ. We joke a lot in this church about the cowboy red skin back and forth, and, and I have fun with it. We have tons of fun, but I'm going to get 1,000% real with you. Pastor Freddie and I can go back and forth, and we will jaw and be like, man, he'll bust, he'll bust on me, I'll bust on him. But on game day, we'll be texting back and forth while the game's going on, and he'll be laughing at me, and I'll be laughing at him, but when it's all said and done, and unfortunately, I have a whole lot more experience at losing than what Freddie does. When it's all said and done, Freddie has never rubbed it in my face. We tore you guys up. You all stink. Oh, my God. The Washington Deadskins. Like, I haven't heard that. I mean, well, all this kind of stuff, right? He's like, man, you know what? You guys played a great game. You know, just a couple of plays could have turned this thing around. He walks so graciously in it. He doesn't make me eat it. Now, now me... No, no, no. It's just, it, we just walk so graciously in this thing. There is such a humility that allows us to walk in unity that even though we differ, we stand in unity because my goal is not to lord over you and beat you with it. But let's do side by side because at the end of the day, it's not those jerseys because neither one of us are getting paid for those teams. This brotherhood is what matters at the end of the day. Let's walk this thing out together. Here's what I want to encourage you in today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to talk real open with you here. In this election season that we're in, I want us to walk real carefully on how we communicate with each other because it's possible to win and lose at the same time. It's possible to, for us to divide as opposed to bringing together. And the call of the church is to unite, not to divide, and not to find our corners to stand in. And oh, it, we're, we're, not, we're not to be pairing off and going at it. We're to walk in love and unity and oneness. We're to be provoking each other to love, not to, to fight and defend and, and have these, these battlegrounds set. We can't go there as a church of Jesus Christ. We go side by side. We don't get stuck in the spew of social media. Have you ever seen people fighting? on social media it is absolutely drop dead hilarious they start using capital letters when they're really mad you notice that and then here come the emojis oh they got emojis with it Ooh, it's hilarious where you see people screaming with all the exclamation points people hurt their thumbs screaming at somebody else what is what we have kissed our brains goodbye Ladies and gentlemen, we are Christ followers. We are Christians. We are believers. And we conduct our lives different. We've got to be careful how we comment about our leaders. In your home. At the workplace. With your kids. 
Well, they're this. God has an opinion. God has an opinion. I can't just say what I think because, ladies and gentlemen, Cindy posted something that was so good. You know, Jesus really loves Kamala Harris. Jesus died for Joe Biden. Oh, yes, he did. Jesus is crazy about Donald Trump. Crazy about him. Mike Pence has given his life to Jesus. He's a server of Jesus. He's all about Je Jesus and Mike. Mike talks to Jesus. Jesus talks to Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, be really careful and pump your brakes when we start to degrade the very ones that Jesus said, I gave my life for them. What are you talking about? I know it's tight. You're almost there. Just hold on. We're almost done. You see, we have a lot of opportunities to break the spirit of unity if we're not careful. We have to fight for unity, fight for the blessing because everything in life moves towards disunity. Naturally, disorder is the natural flow of things. We fight to keep things in order. If You know what I'm talking about. If you own a house, isn't it crazy how, well, when that leak started? I don't know when that happened. Why is that thing dropping? What, because it didn't start that way, but all of a sudden, now there it is. Whoop, there it is. And, and it just starts happening everywhere. We have to choose we have to choose to do things God's way. In fact, it's interesting. Uh, we, there, there's some folks you're just going to have to dismiss because I'm just telling you now, everybody ain't going to get it. You're going to have to just like, well, bless your heart and keep walking for some people. That's what Nehemiah did. The Bible says Nehemiah, he went in, he heard the walls of Jerusalem were broken down, and he went in. They've been broken down 146 years, just destroyed. Nehemiah said, we got to fix this. He takes his crew in, and the Bible says he fixed those walls in 52 days, what had been busted up and could not be fixed for 146 years. He got the crew together, but the Bible says on multiple occasions, while they're working on the wall, there were people that came up to him and said, hey, what you doing that for? You wasting your time. You need to come down here. And the Bible says that Nehemiah looked back at him, he said, I ain't got time for you. I'm doing something that's important. I'm not coming off the wall to make you feel good about this. And he stayed busy at the wall. And they would show up on, at, at 12 noon. I bet you're hungry now, aren't you? I bet you're hungry. You better come down off that wall because everybody doesn't want unity. Everybody is not after the same thing that God's word says. And there's some folks I've got to dismiss. I love you, but I can't do life with you because you're pulling me in an area that I don't want. If I come off this wall, I might slap you in the head. And so I got, I can't, I got to stay focused right here. Because some folk will try you, you understand. And I got to stay. And, and Nehemiah stayed focused. That's why he was able to do at a supernatural level what others could not do because the distractions, they came off the wall and they quit the work. Ladies and gentlemen, do not come off the wall. Do not let Facebook pull you off the wall. Do not let Instagram, Twitter pull you off the wall. Jesus is still Jesus. He's still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The same Jesus that ruled your life last year is going to rule your life this year. We're going to be fine. You're going to be good. We got to let this climate cool and let Jesus arise in our lives and our hearts and let God's word direct our steps. God knows what he's doing. And he's got you, boo. He's got you. We've got to keep moving forward. Psalm 133. I'm done with this. It's like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there, there, where is there? In Zion. What was in Zion? The temple a place of worship, God's presence. There I've commanded the blessing. You want to walk in a commanded blessing? You're going to have to fight for it. Fight for unity. Because I don't get my way, you don't get your way, but if you and I can stand together and let Jesus get his way between us, 
all of a sudden, that's the game changer. Things change. We come together in his presence. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Free Life Chapel, when we meet, when we meet in here, where his presence is experienced, this is the place where his blessing is not optional. There's a commanded blessing when we disarm ourselves and we elevate him. There is a chief disruptor in our life. I told you last in the last series we just came out of called Paranormal that we're not fighting flesh and blood. You're not fighting Washington, D.C. There is a spirit that runs and is always trying to disrupt and do all kinds of things. I'm not saying that, President, uh, that Vice President Biden shouldn't be president. I'm not saying that President Trump should be president. I'm just telling you that it doesn't matter who's up there, there is a spiritual disruption that is flowing through everything, trying to convolute it all, and you and I cannot be swept up and caught up in it. I expect folks who don't know Jesus to walk that out and walk in it fully, but you and I can't mirror their words or just, be, yeah, and go get it. We can't, we don't beat people up with this love and compassion and mercy. Oh, it's tight in here today, but that's okay. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, live where blessings are occasional. I want to live where they're commanded. I don't want to live in a place where blessings are just optional, might or might not happen. God said, if you'll do it my way, they'll be a commanded. It doesn't have an option. It'll show up on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday in Polk County. It'll even show up there. I know how to bless. There's a commanded blessing that's coming your way. I will not break unity. I will stand together so I can have answered prayer in my life. I'll stand in unity so I can have reward, protection, and strength in my life. I'll stand in unity because I want the ability to accomplish anything in my life. So I don't care how you relate. I love you, and you can't do jack about it. And we're going to walk this thing through side by side. Whoever sits in the White House, God is good. My life is good, and Free Life Chapel is going to continue to stand strong and advance and move forward for the kingdom of God. Come on and stand to your feet. Come on and stand to your feet had to go a little pastoral today but y'all just bear with me here just talking to you from my heart because I don't want us to derail in this this is going to be gone ladies and gentlemen this is going to be gone quick you you know all this gets inflamed during this during election season then it goes away and then we're left with all the shrapnel laying around where we kill people with our words and and text messages. you go back and read your post what you posted a month ago go back and read your last post because we all did I'm just kidding you, you, you just got you got to watch I'm bringing this up because I'm watching pastors get online and they're calling out and they're mocking other Christians. Where's your prophecies now? And you want to spiritually lead? You just showed us the spiritual immaturity in your leadership and your lack of ability to hear from God. Be careful with your leadership. Be careful with your voice. Excuse me, I had to talk to people who might be watching online uh, because I think it's important that if we're going to be Christ followers and claim his name, there's a reputation we have to live up to, and it's not mine, it's his. Let's do it his way. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. amen. We're going to pray, and you might have to ask God to forgive you for things you said about me, and that's okay. You go right ahead and do that today. But I want us to walk this thing through together. Father, we love you. I'm grateful for your word that guides us in emotionally tough times. Lord, we want you to bless our nation. We want you to lead and guide all that we are. But, Lord, right now, it's not even about Washington, D.C. It's about our hearts with you. 
God, we will not lose out in you because of an election in America. No, God, we, we focus on you. Jesus, you are the Savior of our life. You are the leader of it all. Your word is a lamp to our feet, a, a light to our path. We will follow you. We, we want to be led by your spirit. And I, God, I pray that you would help Free Life to continue to stand side by side, red, yellow, black, and white, all in this room to keep showing culture that we do lives together side by side, led by your word. No one dominating. You dominate our world. Holy Spirit, you lead our lives. You convict us. We come back. We'll apologize. We repent in order to fix and repair relationship because, God, that's what unity requires. We want to walk in one heart, one mind, one accord so that we can honor you. Jesus, your word tells us that when we walk in unity, supernatural things happen. I pray today, God, that we would live that out, walk that out. God, help me. Help Scott Thomas, I pray, that my attitude and my thoughts don't get out of alignment. God, I want to honor you with all that I am. Help us as just individual believers in our homes, the dialogue, the conversation in our homes, our conversation at work, what we get involved in on social media. God, help temper us. Holy Spirit, convict us. Slap us in the mouth and help us to pull back because we are yours first and foremost. Guide and lead us in this. Bring a peace, a rest, a healing in our nation like we need desperately. I pray, God, we love you. We call on you. We're grateful that you're for us and not against us. Holy Spirit, guide all of this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen.